Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, praise God. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, check one, two. All right. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I want you to turn with me to the book of John. Book of John. We're going to go to chapter 14. Man, we got a lot of scripture tonight, so y'all uh, just bear with me. A lot of ground to cover tonight. Amen. John chapter 4, and if you would stand, I mean 14, John chapter 14, if you get there, if you stand with me for the reading of the Word of God tonight. John chapter 14, everybody there say praise the Lord. The Bible says in verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Father, For the next few moments here tonight, I ask you, Lord, to let me be but a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Mighty God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word tonight. Give us, O God, the spiritual eyes to see the path as you roll it out before us here tonight, Jesus. And give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path. And we give you the thanks and the praise and the glory. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Amen. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Sister, would you pull your hair back on the side for just a little bit? I won't get you to help me tonight. Will you help me? Flip your hair over there. Okay. I'm going to hang it right there, okay? Mm-hmm. Is it okay? You handle it? You tough? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. You're helping me. You don't know, but you're helping me. <laughs> Amen. Now, Second Timothy... Chapter 2, verse 23 says this. Everybody there with me? But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. The title of the message tonight is Some Things Are Up to You. Some Things Are Up to You. Peace. 
Now, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Church, the Bible says in Joshua twenty four fifteen. Somebody turn there with me right quick. Joshua twenty four fifteen. She's pretty tough, ain't she? Twenty four fifteen says this and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Notice what it said here choose you. See that? This day. Everybody circle that. You got a pen? If you got a pen, circle that. Choose you. This day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now understand something here tonight, church. The Bible says many lords, many gods, but there's only one God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Pray God, his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. We know who the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is, don't we? Amen. But there's, here it talks about many gods that they were serving on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites. We know that the Greeks, man, had gods everywhere. It's pretty... No, you ain't. <laughs> No, you ain't. <laughs> Close your eyes and be patient. <laughs> now, okay, let me let me just bring it to like this. I put it there. Question is, why is it still there? <laughs> now, just let that sink in for just a moment. Just let that sink in for just a moment. Now, what was the title of the message? What was the title of the message? Now, I'm the one put it there. The question is, why is it still there? <laughs> what, all right, here's the, I put it there, but who left it there? Church, I want you to get a picture tonight. I want you to get a hold of a simple picture tonight. You can't stop birds from flying over your head because they're going to fly over. But you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. Amen? And so listen, just because the devil come and piled up a bunch of garbage in your life and left don't mean it belongs there and it don't mean that you have to put up with it being there neither. Some things some things are up to you. Hallelujah. That devil will come and load you down and he'll bring more stuff if he sees you leaving that there. It's time to do an inventory and say, wait a minute. This don't go here. Wait a minute. Clothes pin ain't made for my ear. Here, he put it on there, but he ain't doing nothing about it. I'm going to take it off. There's all kind of things that the devil will pile in your life. But let me tell you, you ain't got to put up with that. I don't care what the devil said. You don't have to put up with it. 
because you're not of the devil and you don't have to put up with that stuff from the devil. Just because he come and drops something off, it's like that commercial you see where the big ant shows up. Hi. Hi. Can I get a cup of sugar? Hey, is that is that oak? Big giant ant standing at the door. No, that's an ant. It's an ant because his kids are my cousins, so... Anyway, let me tell you, as I said before, that ain't the way it works, folks. He don't show up at the door and say, hi, my name's Lucifer, I'm Satan, I'm going to come in here and destroy your life, I'm going to pile all this down. He just walks over and says, excuse me, let me, let me put that right, throw your hair back, throw your hair back. You know where he's like, okay, I guess he's supposed to be here because he sounds like he is, so I'll just throw my hair back. I guess I should, because it seems like I should. I'm going to put that on your ear. Well, okay, well, I guess he's supposed to do that, because I don't know. Nobody protested it, so it must be something supposed to be done. <laughs> You're giving the devil the benefit of the doubt. You ain't got to give him the benefit of the doubt. If the devil comes hang something on you, just take here, man. I tell you what, hey, let, me, let me put this jackhammer upside your lip here, son. Come here, come here, I'll trade you. Amen. When he puts a clothespin on your ears, break out some vice grips. And say, hey, turnabout's fair play. Come here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stick your tongue out. <laughs> yeah, both sides of it. Come on. <laughs> Don't hold back. Give me both forks. Amen. Church... When a person, what happens when you, when you come to the Lord? Let me tell you what happens. Acts 2.38 says this. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Which Sister Regina is seeking as we speak. Praise God. She's going to get the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Lord's going to light her up. Praise God like a Christmas tree. Amen. Hallelujah. But now listen. The first part of it is repent. Second part of it is baptism in Jesus' name. She's got those two behind her now. But here's the thing. If you truly, truly are repentant, you truly have repented, then there needs to be some action. If a person is truly repentant, they will begin to build walls around themselves between themselves and past problems. Just because you have the Holy Ghost, just because you've been baptized in Jesus' name, don't mean that you're walking around the Holy Ghost Samson of the modern day. Let me tell you something, church. With the Holy Ghost, don't just come power. With the Holy Ghost, is supposed to come some wisdom. The more wisdom you have, the less power you're going to need. <laughs> because a lot of times, it ain't how hard you fight, it's how smart you fight. Because remember, church, the battle ain't yours. It shouldn't be yours. If the battle's yours, then there's a problem. You hearing me tonight? Say amen if you're hearing what I'm saying tonight. 
if you real if you're if you're looking around you and you realize that you're fighting tooth and nail just to hang on and ever where you turn you're fighting and it's a battle on every side and man it's just a it, it's just almost more than you can bear something is amiss you're fighting hard and not smart when you get the holy ghost or when you are repentant and you are baptized in Jesus' name, let me tell you, you need to start building some walls in your life. You need to build walls between you and old vices. Between you and old habits. Between you and old stumbling blocks. In other words, when I gave my life back to Jesus and started really turning it on for Jesus, I turned that alcohol loose. And you know what? I quit going to the places that I used to go every day. I quit going to the watering hole. I quit hitching my horse to the saloon. I quit driving in the parking lot. With that mess, because you need to separate yourself from that. You need to build yourself safety measures. Don't try to walk the edge. Get back away from that edge and stay clear of that edge. Because the devil knows how to bring a wind and blow you over the edge if you're not careful. He'll bring an attitude that'll give you just enough excuse to go right back at the well. I'll tell you right now. I'm I just man, I'll tell you what I'll do. Yeah, y'all laughing, you know what I'm talking about. Don't let that devil set you up. <laughs> the Bible tells us that in first Peter two nine says this Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God. Listen, you should be showing forth some praises of the God that brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Praise God. Remember, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And that's something that he ain't going to do for you. That's something you got to do yourself. How many of you know we got a job to do? How many of you know, man, it's on us. This notion that it's all, Jesus did it all, his part's over, man. Our part's just begun. When we finished our course, what he's already done will be multiplied to us beyond measure. What he's on, he's gone to prepare a place. I believe it's ready. The church is what's not ready. Why is the church not ready? The churches that are here are not ready. And the people that are out there that still need to get into the church are not ready. Remember the parable of the supper. There wasn't enough people to even fill it. They even went out the second time and brought the maimed, the lame, the blind. And there still was room. 
That ought to tell you right there, church, as small as heaven is compared to the trillions of people that's been on this earth or throughout history, how few are going to make it. And it wasn't even enough to fill it up. He had to send them back out. Mm. The Bible tells us to go on to perfection. You remember that? The completion means completion. Go on to perfection. That means that we must decrease that He might increase. Amen? God's sending you into a whole different place now, sister. Whole new pulpit. Woo, praise God. Whole new batch of sick folks. Hallelujah. Another hospital. They might just start calling you HGR, Holy Ghost Rider. Going from hospital to hospital, praise God. Reaching people for Jesus. I tell you, God's got a purpose in that. Got a purpose in putting you over there. Amen. Ooh, God is a multitasking God. Man, He can bring a lot of things in one little situation. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in Second Timothy or Second Timothy two twenty two, flee also youthful lusts. How many of you know this old body wants what it wants? This old carnal mind wants what it wants, when it wants, how it wants, where it wants, and it don't want what it don't want. Ooh, I want that. Oh no, I don't want that. No, no, no. I don't want that. Oh, stuff. I love stuff. Ooh, give me some stuff. Bills. Oh, no. No, I don't want bills. Bills for the stuff? Bills for the stuff? I don't want bills for the stuff. Give me the stuff. You take the bills. Isn't that just like that old carnal thinking? Isn't that just like the mind? Oh, give me the stuff. No, I don't want the price. Just give me the stuff. Yeah. The Bible says flee youthful lusts. How many of you know that ain't just talking about sex? That's talking about the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all those things. Flee that stuff, man. It's temporal. Where we going? You're going to need all that nonsense. Man, where we going? This stuff wouldn't measure up no way. The streets are paved with gold. I mean, come on. Man, the foundation is jewels. I mean, man, if a diamond's your world, a girl's best friend, break her off a chunk of your curb. Here, honey, I got you some sidewalk. <laughs> Here, honey, have a brick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, amen. Stuff down here ain't going to measure up no way. Some things God leaves up to us. You know what you need to do? Before you're ever really going to find Jesus in a mighty and a powerful way, in a pure way. 
you got to come to the end of you first. Amen? Amen. We've grown a lot together. We've learned a lot together, haven't we? Boy, isn't God good to show us the things He showed us? And you know, some of it just is so simple to understand. But you just got to be walking in that vein to get it, to, in that path. You know what I mean? To, to grab it. Praise God. I thank God that He shows us the stuff He does. Amen. Brother, would you look out there and just kind of see what's going on? I heard something there a second ago. <clears throat> Amen. Listen, church. There are some walls that are good. Some walls are good. Some walls that we have built up around us are good. But then there are some walls that need to come down. There are some things that we need to bring down as well. Amen. Now, the Bible says in Jude 1.20, but... But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now do what? Keep yourselves in the love of God. You see that? So who's to do the keeping there? That's right. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others say with fear. <laughs> See, this is a verse they took plumb out of the Bible in most churches. It's like, okay, oh, look, save with compassion. And let's just, let's just uh, copy that to the next verse and save with compassion. Take that other one out of there, that terrible old verse. That's just an old verse that somebody added in there. It must have been a Pentecostal. It must have been the mean preachers. You hear what this says in verse 23? And others save with fear. Pulling out of the carnival ride, pulling out a little marshmallow pit, it says pulling them out of the fire where they're headed to, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The Bible tells us, we know, we know Jesus and God are one. The Bible tells us that he's going to present us to himself faultless. Now, look at 2 Corinthians. First, First Samuel says this. 30 and 16 says, And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad all, all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land. The Philistines said, No, nope, that's the wrong. That's the wrong. That's the wrong scripture there. Anyway. Okay. 2 Corinthians 10.3. Listen, church, as I said, there are some things that you must tear down. There's some walls that are good. 
building walls between you and things that will hinder your walk with God, building walls that, uh, that uh, uh, are to place between you and the enemy and his devices, that's good. But there are some things you must tear down. And here's one of them. Here is a wall that must come down. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, Second Corinthians 10.3, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There's one of the walls you need to pull down. Strongholds in your life. Well, I got this as a stronghold. Pull it down. Pull it down. And casting down imaginations. Pray God, what are you doing? What with them? Casting them down. Church, there's things you've got to literally get a hold of. The Bible says lay hold on eternal life. But the Bible also tells us to get a hold of imaginations and cast them down. Put them out. Pull down strongholds. Amen. Pull them down. Get them out of the way. Kick them out of your way. Don't go around no stronghold. It'll be there when you come back through. Pull it down. But you know what? You can't do it by yourself. Only in God. But mighty through God. The weapons of our warfare, praise God, is what? What's the sword? The sword of the Spirit, which is the what? The sword of the Spirit. When it's talking about the, uh, it's talking about putting on the armor of God. And helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There's the weapon of our warfare right there. There's the weapon right there. Praise God. His words are sharper than any two-edged sword. Praise God. This is what you use. To the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. There's that spiritual wickedness in high places right there. He exalts himself against the knowledge of God. Now, be careful, little eyes, what you see. The Bible tells us that I will put no wicked thing before my eyes. Now, this is what the Bible says here. Be careful what you watch and listen to. Psalms 101. Somebody get that for me. Psalms 101. Here it is, 3. says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Church, these are things we must do ourselves. God is not going to come change the channel for you. God is not going to come turn the TV off. God is not going to come and and change the magazine that you're looking at. God is not going to come and change what you're listening to. You are responsible for what you listen to. You are responsible for what you watch, what you see. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you hear. Be careful. You're seeing, if you're watching television, you're seeing things that you don't even know you're looking at. I promise you. Guarantee you, you are. I've got proof of it. 
Yeah. Isn't that crazy? One of the biggest culprits is Disney. You got animated pictures and then you got a natural, real, naked woman in two frames behind the little the little cartoon character, there's a building behind it, and one frame got a, a naked woman standing in the window. A real naked woman. Then you got pictures of a, 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 all sorts of sex scenes that you that are just two or three frames. Pop, pop, pop. Then you stop them, and you can see them as clear as day. Let me tell you, the subconscious mind can pick that up, buddy, instantaneously. They've been doing this stuff for years and years and years. Wonder why that there's so much sexual stuff going on? Take a look at some of this stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, you can see why it's going on because every other frame has something with sex going across the screen. They're pushing that stuff to corrupt the minds of this nation and bring the morality down, the moral standards. The Bible says that sin is a reproach to any people. Judgment's coming. It's a setup. If you're not careful, if you're not careful, you will allow things to enter into your life that you are not even aware of are coming in. Hear me tonight. It's on us. It's on you. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, 1 Peter 5, 8. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. The devil don't care nothing about you. You ain't nothing but a blip on his radar screen. He don't care no more about you, whether you come or you go. It ain't nothing to him. He don't care nothing about you. You're nothing to him. He just don't want God to have you. That's what you are in his little game. You're a chess piece. You're a thorn to stick in the side or to stick in the crown of Jesus. You're actually one that he paid a price for, and the devil's trying to see that it was paid for nothing. Huh. The Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 2.11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says this, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Remember the word ignorant. It's ignorant. 2 Timothy 2.23 says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. How many of you know that we oppose ourselves when we do stuff? We oppose ourselves when we do things that are not pleasing to God. How many of you know we try to justify it? 
Now, listen to what it says. Verse 25 says, In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover somebody else out of the snare of the devil. Wait, what? Oh, so what are you talking about? So they're going to recover themselves. What was the title of the message? Some things are up to you. The Lord brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. But let me tell you something. You've got a role to play in this thing. It's up to you to keep yourself from sin. People like to go over there and say, oh, in, 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 uh, they like to go over there in, uh, uh, to uh, where we just were over in Jude, where it says he is able to keep you from sinning. Let me tell you something, man. If you think that the Lord's going to walk with you hand in hand and keep you from sinning every step you take, you're out of your mind. The Bible says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Right? That's the first part. If that was the case, if he was going to do all that, then why did it follow it up and say, resist the devil? The Bible says that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Amen. It's a battle, folks. It's a fight. We're in a war here. It's a fight. And there is a part you must play in this. There's a part you must play in this yourself. The Bible says that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. This is why there are walls you must begin to build in your life when you turn your life to Jesus. You need to eliminate as much of the ammunition that the devil has to shoot at you with as you can. Because if you don't, the very things that you were caught up in before are the very things he will, because you know what? They worked before. He'll use them again. 2 Timothy 2, I just did that. Galatians 1 and 6. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Galatians. He said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. It amazes me how that folks will turn from the truth. Instead of line up with it, they run from it. And they just find them somebody else heap to themselves because they have the teachers. They have itching ears. They want to heap to themselves teachers to tell them that what they're doing is okay. And so instead of lining up with what the Word of God says, they start searching for scriptures that approve what they want to do. And if they can't find it in the King James, they'll go get them another Bible. I'm gonna look for me another Bible. Oh, look here, hot dog! I'm a dog. Look at there. The Justification Bible. There it is right there in plain black and white. <laughs> it's all right. Whoo, I'm going to go to heaven, man. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> no, don't even get me started, man. Woo, don't get me off on that track. We'll be here till daylight. My goodness. Mark 4.15 talks about the seeds that were sown By the wayside, the devil comes and steals it away. 
Don't let that devil come and steal what you have away. What's the matter? Don't let that devil come and steal away what you what you already have. Now, listen to Matthew 13 and 15. This is so this is so prevalent today. Matthew 13:15 For this people's heart is waxed gross. She's got some aspirin out there. Yeah. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. You see that? For this people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes... Somebody has come and closed. Who closed them? That's right. See that? They have closed. Their eyes, they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes. How many of you know people don't want to hear what I'm preaching? People don't want to see what I'm showing. People don't want to know that there's a only one way. People don't want to think that they got to do anything in this. They want to believe everybody's going to make it. Everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's got it made. Why, man, can't we all just get along? Ain't you seen the little bumper sticker that says, uh, what's it say? What's this little bumper sticker say? Ah. Not unity, but uh, tolerance. Tolerance out of a bunch of different religions. Let me tell you something, tolerance. Anybody that gets this tape, understand this, tolerance. If it's not Jesus' name, Jesus only, you are headed for hell. End of story. Turn and repent and follow Jesus, Jesus only. He is not tolerant. There's not anything in this Bible about tolerance. There's not anything in this Bible about compromise. There's one way, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Lord and God of all. Jesus Christ is His name. There is none other beside Him. And just because there's other people walking around worshiping other gods does not mean that they're gods. They're true. There's only one Lord and God. Amen. His name is Jesus Christ. Church, things are up to us. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, it's not all about us. Hebrews 12 and 1 says what? Wherefore we are, okay, come on with it, Brother Chris. Give me that scripture. The Bible says there, that's good, that's close. The Bible says, wherefore we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience this race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith.
Praise God. Amen? Understand, church, there are so many reasons why we must do what we must do. And understand, it is a must there. There are things we must do. There are things that we must not do. Nevertheless, there, that part of we is in both sides of that. We must and we must not. Certain things are absolutely up to us. I can't do it for you. Only you can do certain things for you. Only I can do certain things for me. And then there are things that we cannot do for ourselves. That's where God takes over and does it for us. The things that we cannot and could not do, God will handle. But the things we can do, how many of you know there's a reason for it? How many of you know there's a reason why God says to do the things He says to do? How many of you know there's a reason why we're not supposed to do the things that we are told not to do? Amen? Reckon it's just because Jesus is a big old bad, mean God? Don't want nobody to have any fun down here? You ain't even seen, we don't even know what fun is. If I had not seen, near hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, I tell you, I can't, I, I, I just can't. It's beyond me. It's beyond my understanding. It's beyond my comprehension because I have seen some awesome stuff. I mean, I've seen some awesome stuff. And if it's never even entered into the heart of any man, even Solomon, what? Even Paul, who saw things couldn't be uttered, never entered into the heart of any man. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? What kind of awesome must this be? Little girl that went, she's a little young girl, man. She's been an artist on the internet. Paints pictures and stuff of Jesus and pictures of heaven. The Lord's taken her up there several times, she said, and, and she spends time with him and she comes back and paints some of the stuff. Oh, this girl's an unbelievable artist. I mean, unbelievable artist, man. She's really young, but she is some, because she's Picasso good, I'm telling you, better than that. And she's been that way since she was three or four years old. It's just unbelievable. But she's painted some of these most splendid pictures and beautiful colors and stuff and flowers and everything. She said, she said, one thing I'll tell you about heaven, there's so many more colors there than here. There's so many more colors there than we have on earth. That's hard to fathom. That's hard to even imagine. I believe her. When you see the talent this kid's got, you believe her too. <laughs> Not a natural thing, man, for a kid like her age to be drawing, painting the stuff she does. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable, man. You need to look this kid up. Right, and, and if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen 24 karat gold bars, you ever looked at one, you can look into it. It's that, it's that, it's that pure, it's dark. It looks dark when you get in a certain... And you, it, you can look down in it. I mean, it looks like you can look through it. It's that pure. It's, it's amazing. And the, we only have 24 carats. They don't tell them how pure it is up there. It might be 400,000 carats. I mean, it might be transparent. It might be see-through completely. I don't know. But it's just, you know, wow, you know. I mean, I don't know. The Bible says this never entered into our, our minds. And you think God's concerned about this little blip down here, this little 
this little planet, this little rock he throwed us on down here, that the devil come and tried to destroy every kind of way he could? Man, he's trying to get you to a place, man, your mind can't even wrap around it. This little stuff down here that we got oh, I don't want to. Oh, Lord God, I don't want to do it. No, I don't want to clean my room. Mama, you're so mean to me. You don't want me to have any fun. We sound just like that to the Lord. You look at your little children and think, well, you little spoiled brat. I ought, to just, I ought to just throw you in a creek somewhere and make another tomorrow look just like you. And, you know, we think we're all so big and grown up, even those that are 100 years old. I mean, <laughs> something happens to me, I want an autopsy. <laughs> but, you know, that's just how we sound. That's just how we sound to the Lord. Got to be. Okay, I want you to do this. Oh, no. Not that, Lord. Yeah, are you sure? Okay, if you really want me to do that, then you see that neighbor over there I had to get along with? If you really want me to do that, blow him up. God, now, if that was really you, pay all my bills off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then when I go in in the morning, let my boss give me a raise. No, better yet, if it's really you, let my boss resign and give me his job. <laughs> Man. We are a bunch of spoiled brats. Don't you kid yourself. God's just trying to just trying to tell you, man. It's like old Monty Hall. Not that I would compare any earthly thing to our king, but in a like sense, it's kinda like Monty Hall, and y'all tell your age by remembering who Monty Hall is. Let's make a deal. And and you're standing, he's saying, well, listen, would you trade that $100 bill I just give you for what's behind the curtain? Now, he knows what's behind that curtain. And he's sitting there thinking to himself, boy, you sitting there looking at that $100. Ooh, now I can see this. Ooh, I can see this $100. There could be a big rubber chicken back there. Feeling better now, are we, honey? <laughs> Did the aspirin work, I'm telling you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Well, listen. He knows what's back there. And that's the question. Is that just regular aspirin? Okay. Okay. Now, if he knows what's back there, he wants you to have that. And so he's trying to encourage you, hey, without giving too much away, you know, you really want what's behind that curtain. The Lord knows what he has laid up in store for us. We know we can't even imagine it. If he said it, I believe it. Amen, because I believe that Bible. 
And if he said that it's so good, that it's never even entered into the heart of man, I, no eye has ever seen it. No ear has ever even heard it. Ooh, this has got to be some kind of good. And so I would venture to say that ain't nothing we got compared to it. But it's up to us to trade what we have for what he has in store. It's got to be good. Amen. I may have to have Brother Chris just help me look at it. Hold me up, brother. I can't take it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says over Revelation 7:14. Here's another thing that we must do. The Bible says over in Revelation 7:14. Turn over with me. If my people, nope, that's the wrong one. Revelation says, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. Does not say they came out of the great tribulation. It says they came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes. They had. They went down to to uh, suds or us and had their robes washed. No. You know what they did, sister? Some of them probably went into a lightning storm. They washed their robes. You know that's what you did last night? This is what you did last night. You washed your robe. And made it white in the blood of the Lamb. And that's why my mother back there just told you, she said, now you got on your wedding garment. You made your wedding garment spotless in the blood of the Lamb by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Now you have on a spotless white wedding garment. And you're called by the name of Jesus. Amen. These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And here I was telling you a while ago, Second Chronicles seven fourteen says this, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and shall seek my face, and shall turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Praise God. You are called by His name. Praise God. You are one of the people of the name. Amen. There's power in that. Amen. Ezekiel 22.30 said, I have sought for a man among them that should make up a hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Let me tell you about a little city called Tomball who needs somebody to stand in the gap and make up a hedge. Let me tell you about 
people uh, in this church who have families that they need to stand in the gap and make up the hedge so that the Lord God will not destroy their family. Somebody's got to do it. We have a job to do, praise God. And they can't. some of these things can't nobody do but you. Some of these things are on you and on me. Amen. The Bible tells us that we have to hold that line. The Bible tells us that we must grow. For when the time comes, ye ought to be teachers. Hebrews 5.12 Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Let me tell you something, church. Straighten up and fly right. I ain't got time to be whooping out no bottle in here. I ain't got time to be whooping out no bottles. Get your fork and knife out. We're going to chomp a steak. <laughs> I may help you cut it up into small pieces sometime. If you need some, you have a problem chewing it. But, but rest assured, I'm going to send you to the dentist. Amen. On the next time, you'll be chomping on them big pieces. Cause Praise God, because I love you, and I want you to know it. Praise God. I want you to feel it. I want you to get something out of this. Praise God. Huh. Ain't nobody ever raised nobody from the dead walking around with a milk bottle in one hand and the Holy Ghost in the other. Man, I'm going to tell you, you got to be coming off of some serious stake in the Word, praise God, to be raising up the dead from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. You know the ones that survive in a war? You know the... Do you know... You know who the who the real elite are in the military? Come on with it, somebody. Think about what I just asked you. That's one. That's one area. That's one team. That's a division of military. I'm talking about who are some of the elite forces: Rangers, SEALs, Delta Force. Green Beret, that's right. Okay, now, let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. Do you know that very few people, very few out of hundreds if not thousands that apply to go through the seals, very few, you can count them probably on one or two hands out of hundreds or thousands, make it to the end through what they call hell week. You know why that is? You know why they're so good? Because the ones that do make it had the toughest training, buddy. They had, they ain't not an ounce of fat on them. They know what it's like to be starved for food. They know what it's like to go without water. They know what sleep deprivation is. They've made it through every trial, every tribulation, every task that was put before them. They had what it took. It was tough on everybody, but only a few had what it took. Now let me tell you, about those that bear a dead raisin anointing from the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you have to go through. Out of all those that are called, 
very few, very few are going to make it into that place because you have to be able to go through the sleep deprivation, the periods of starvation with nothing to eat, the periods of no thirst and no water to drink. You have to go through the trials and the ditches and the hills and the mountains and the valleys. You got to be able to endure. And those are people, you know what the separation was? Those are the people that the goal was more important than their very life. What they were shooting for was more important than the comfort they could have received by quitting. Those were the ones that said, if I can't have victory, then give me death. But I will not be talked about that I quit. I will be talked about, well, he I'll tell you what, he didn't make it, but he died trying. That's the difference. Death before dishonor, that's right. And let me tell you something, church. That's a place I'm trying to get to. That's a place I want this church to walk in. I want to be the church in Tomball, Texas, where when they got somebody that needs a healing, without a doubt you need to go to Change of Life Praise and Worship Center because that's an anointed place to be. That's a place where they fast a lot. That's a place, man, where... If the pastor calls a prayer night, they'll come from ten buck two. If the pastor calls a fast, everybody in the church does it. Man, praise God. If the pastor calls for prayer, man, everybody in the, in the church comes together. That's what I'm talking about. These are parts that we must play. That's what it takes to get where I'm trying to head. Amen. The Bible says go on to perfection. The Bible says, First Peter 5.10 says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect or complete. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. Hebrews 13.21 says, Make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 